You're listening to Hello Francis, a podcast for curious creatives and nano entrepreneurs who seek knowledge, purpose, and community. Hello Francis is brought to you by the creative firm and solutionist agency, Francis Roy. Our lineup of guests, friends, and mentors candidly share their diverse wisdom and experience. We do all of this in less than 30 minutes. Let's get started. You're listening to Hello Francis. I'm your host, Chantel Dedeke. And I don't know about you guys, but I just want to have a small and maybe short discussion about what business development and trying to uh, prospect for new clients or find new clients even really looks like during the pandemic. And I know that we have we have some listeners who listen to us and they're not necessarily um small business owners. They are definitely, you guys are all creative entrepreneurs. I know, um, for the most part. And, but then also there are, we have listeners that are, you know, nonprofit, they run nonprofits, they uh, are in marketing and advertising in other businesses and, or they're in sales and marketing. And this is just such an insane time. I, I feel like every single time I have a discussion with someone right now, it always starts with, Hey, how's it going? I, and then someone's like, yeah, you know, it's okay. Whatever. It's, we're all exhausted. We're all a little fatigued. Things are weird. If you're in sales and marketing, you're probably also at least maybe even forcibly, if not involuntarily extroverted to some extent. And for those of us that are extroverted either naturally or our job requires it, um, this is a very difficult time working remote, trying to figure out, you know, how you were going about your normal sales functions and moving the, what Darren Rudolph would call moving the needle. Um, but you know, increasing sales and revenue, uh, making sure that you are staying afloat during this time. It's just a very difficult time for everyone. And you know, my background, uh, when I first started in hotels in Abilene, Texas, and this was like, you know, 2005 or whatever, I began in sales and marketing. And so I had, I'd been working on base and, um, at Dias Air Force Base as a sponsorship coordinator in the marketing department on base. <clears throat> and I learned a lot about, um, not necessarily about marketing, but just about, that was kind of my first real, uh, job in this career field. And, you know, I learned about, you know, what to do, what not to do. It certainly got my feet wet. And then, um, I met a woman who worked at a local hotel and she ended up being a sponsor for the base. And she was such a, just like really amazing. And she was leaving and really opened a door for me and said, Hey, I think you'd be really great at hotel sales, um, and marketing. Have you considered that before? And I had not up until that point, after thinking about it, you know, it was really one of those things where I knew if we moved, I could work in other hotels. I mean, it was just an open door. And I'm very much the type of person that's like, when there is a new opportunity, even if I've never tried it before, I try to say yes to something that the universe is telling me, Hey, you should probably give us a try. So she introduced me uh, to her boss, Deborah Sanchez, who um, would ultimately become my boss. And I learned so much under Deborah's guidance. I worked at the MCM Elegante Suites in Abilene. Before that, I had been in Embassy Suites, and Deborah had been there. Um, she was, I think, 
you know, had kind of made her career through there, uh, through the hotel and still works in the hotel, um, in Abilene and just an amazing friend and is like a sister to me now. And I worked there for a while and we got to be very close, but I loved, I learned a lot about sales from Deborah and I learned about building a pop a pipeline. All of my sales acumen really came from her guidance. And I, these are things that I apply now I learned about networking um, from her and uh, really she took me under her wing and, and explained things to me and I got to look really flourish. She gave me the space to really flourish and now we're like family. So um, she has no idea that I'm talking about her on the podcast. It'll be a fun surprise for her, I'm sure. But um, I really can't talk about or even begin in discussion about sales without talking about that start. So, you know, as I love sales. Not everyone loves it. I love sales. And I think sales and marketing are very tied together. I mean, you can be a, a graphic designer that's very talented, a photographer, a videographer. I mean, have any of these really uh, tangible creative talents. But if you can't sell your own business, if you can't get other people to trust or believe in your product or even give you a try, um, you're basically selling nothing. And so, or you have no work to actually work on. So, the business development side of your business is incredibly important. And the question is, how do you develop new business or attract new clients during the pandemic? And I have just a few things here that are very important and have been important for me almost in the last 20 years as, you know, no matter what position um, as Greg and I have moved around the country, no matter what I've really done, there's always been a sales component, even if my title has not been sales specifically, because that active persuasion and building and maintaining relationships and developing trust, all of that really, um, all those components really kind of fall under the umbrella of business development. And it is incredibly um, critical to what I do here specifically at uh, Francis Roy. So and ultimately is my one job. I mean, I'm not the graphic designer here. Um, I don't write as much as I used to. I still write, but I mean, there are a lot of talents that my team bring to the table. And so my job is to bring them new opportunities to work on. And that falls under the umbrella of business development. And Kelsey King or Kelsey Dorr, oh my gosh, she's going to freak out when she hears that. Cause I just like before her married time, um, threw that out there, but, uh, on our team, Kelsey and our team, she also, um, helps with business development as well. And so there are a few things that are very important as Greg and I moved around the country and, um, I had to like start in a different job or whatever. I would always do the first thing that I would do when I would get into a new sales or marketing role is I would um, write a list of people or businesses or whatever that I really wanted to work with. It was like my hot list and some of the sales language that um, those of you who are seasoned sales professionals will recognize, but it's really the people are the businesses that I really, really wanted to work with. And I may or may not have had an in with them, um, but knew of them or they had a great reputation or they had a great brand or, you know, there was just something that was really drawing to me to them. And so um, I would build that list every time I did that with Francis Roy. And with Francis Roy, it really started with the types of clients that we wanted because in the beginning, our clients were very um, heavy in the hotel, hospitality, tours, and markets. And, and now we've diversified a bit, a little bit because of um, demand. Um, but I made a list, 
you know, if I, if I could choose anyone to work with, that was a hotel. This was it. If I could choose anyone to work with, that was a restaurant. This was it. Um, any shopping center, whatever. And then it just became my job to kind of, you know, uh, put our business out there, um, obtain information, uh, look for ways to make the right connections as I was working towards that. And what would end up happening is you're not always going to get maybe the businesses or the individuals that are on that list, but the journey to getting to those people open doors and create opportunities for you that you don't expect. Um, before you make your list though, and if you're in a, you know, if you're starting from scratch, obviously you make the list. If you're not starting from scratch, if you're like, you know, the pandemic maybe has wrecked your business and you're looking at starting, um, you have like maybe a small baseline of clients and you're wanting to expand that. <clears throat> um, a really great thing or something that's very, very important to understand is that as you shift your focus um, to emerging or potential new clients, it's so important that you take care of the customers that you currently have. So you know, ensuring that they don't feel like you have forgotten about them. I like to, you know, frequently text or call or email all of our clients to check in and make sure they're good. They, that one-to-one -one kind of personal relationship that they're used to getting from me, they should always get that regardless of whether our focus here has turned to trying to obtain new clients. And so that is like number one or number two, depending on where you are and then strategizing your pitch. So I build and, and, and really think about pitch on a case by case basis with prospective clients. And I learn as much about them as, as possible. I really try to determine what their pain points are so that whatever we're, I'm presenting to them from the agency as a solution is relevant is, you know, hyper-focused to them is not just like boilerplate. Um, if you are sending, and I get, I get these a lot and I'm sure you guys do too, but like, oh my gosh, I can't even tell you how many flippant emails I get where people are like, Hey, have you ever thought about blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, I never have thought of that. And I probably never will think of it. I don't know who you are and it doesn't feel personal. There's no real solution there for me personally as a business owner. And so I try to think about that. I will say like also LinkedIn, like that LinkedIn direct messages or the private messages on LinkedIn. I mean, I, I guess it is a strategy to send as many of those as you can, just like the same blanketed blah, blah, blah. But if there's no tie, if there's no relevancy, you know, it's just cold. There's nothing warm there. I, I recently, I had an email um, or an inbox message at, on LinkedIn. God, I don't even know what you call it. Do you call it direct mail, private message, direct message? I don't know. Anyway, but it was a, a message in LinkedIn. And it was a local business owner and, you know, I won't disclose his name, but he was like, hi, you know, I saw that you live in Niceville and your business is in, are you, your business is in Niceville. My business is in Niceville too. We have a mutual friend. I just wanted to make the introduction and the connection. I would much rather that than, an, a, you know, a message on LinkedIn that's like, hi, I'm blah, blah, blah. And I have this product. I think you would really like it. You should take a look at it. 
um, that usually gets me nowhere. I just delete those or I ignore them or whatever. But that personal connection um, from the first message that was like, you know, we both live in the same community. I care about this community. I just moved here. This is my business. You know, you may or may not even ever need anything that we offer, but I just want uh, to make the connection because of these commonalities really got my attention. And then I responded back to that individual and we had a nice back and forth. And now if I ever need what he um, offers in his business, I know where to get that. And then of course I expect him to, he will probably follow up because I would follow up, but just thinking about what are, you know, strategizing pitch on a case by case basis and get very custom, getting very customized and personal, you're, you know, you may believe that business is business. It's not personal. I certainly do not believe that. I think that everything should begin by being personal and without the personal touch, it's very easy. I mean, someone may purchase something from you, but they may find it very, very simple to say no or to get rid of you or, you know, whatever. And so that personal touch um, makes a huge difference value proposition and, and determining what your value is to a prospective customer is so incredibly important. I think, how do you demonstrate value um, right now? Whether you're, you know, selling art or you have a service or you're an agency or you're um, a freelancer or whatever, you know, what is your value and who is your value most appropriate for? Um, those things are really uh, critical. And I think knowing who your customer is, you've heard us say this before, but when you try to be for everyone, you're really for no one. And then just being surprised that, you know, as you dial in and you're more targeted in your reach, that it will open doors in other areas. But what, it, what do you bring? What are your solutions? What's your value? Why is it appropriate? And who are you trying to sell that to? Um, determining those things is huge. <clears throat> I find that uh, personally, what it has always worked for me is that volunteerism equates to some of the best networking I can do. Um, and we talked about networking with Gail Pelto, who in my mind is just a brilliant net networker. But, um, you know, I love a nonprofit or a charity organization where I can um, volunteer my time and whatever talent that I have that is appropriate. And that's another thing. When I volunteer, I volunteer in my lane. So um, I'm a marketer by trade. That's where my expertise is. And when I volunteer my time, it is usually with the intent that I'm going to utilize these skill sets. Uh, volunteering my time outside of that in, in areas where I'm not... Um, you know, as proficient is a waste of my time is probably a waste of that organization's time as well. It's taking up a spot that can be better utilized by someone else. And so I really um, look for causes that are near and dear to me, arts and culture, uh, sustainability, um, working with kids, that type of thing. And then, you know, I reach out to those organizations and ask how, you know, we can, I can offer my time in terms of volunteerism or board service or, or, or the like. And so our, my specific board service has always been, uh, working with other, you know, professionals in the community that could be potential clients. And so it's a great utilization of your time and your talent. 
Um, once you develop a pipeline of potential customers, so let's say you start building your database, however your preference, this is really not a podcast on like what uh, tools to use. There are so many out there. I like to use Smartsheets uh, for a lot of things. Some people use Salesforce, some people use HubSpot. I mean, whatever your client management system ends up being, you know, just whatever works for you, I think you just do with that. And don't get too nitty gritty into the nuts and bolts. I mean, people are human. When you find out who you're looking for, you know, organize that person's name and their contact information and document your last touch point with them. And you don't have to get super fancy. You can do it on a Google Doc. You can write it down. I wouldn't suggest writing it down, but, um, or whatever that tends to be. But let's say you have an intro call or someone, you know, is referred to you or, you know, there's somebody on your hot list and you're reaching out to them, like definitely document how many times and the different ways that you're reaching out to them and what those experiences were like and how you can build upon them in the future. Um, and I like having a database of contacts because I share, I try to share and send useful information when possible. So I read lots of articles um, all day. And if it's something I feel like a prospective client might appreciate, um, I'll send it to them. And it also gives me a reason um, to remain top, top of mind for them as well. Okay, so I absolutely detest the word prospecting. And I use it because sometimes I feel like I don't know what other words I could use that would be appropriate. But anytime I say the word prospecting, it reminds me of um, the Toy Story um, movie. Oh my gosh, is it two or three? I think it's two. The one with like Jesse and the prospector and the prospector is like this little evil, like meanie Katini. And he's, you know, no one likes him. And he's like the panhandling for gold thing. I mean, that's not salespeople don't have to be greedy, hungry individuals, and they're generally not. And so I don't know, that just paints that in my mind. But the reality is that there is a such thing as gen genuine prospecting. And it is when you have a, a service or a product that you can offer a potential customer that provides value and while providing solutions. And you know, they may not know that you are a solution to a problem that they're experiencing unless you offer it to them in terms of um, a value proposition or a pitch. And so, yes, you are prospecting. You are kind of like panning for gold a little bit because maybe this is your, you know, bread and butter, but there, it doesn't have to be like crushing or, you know, how like when you can experience someone who you know, it's just trying so hard to sell you something and you're just like, dude, no, it doesn't have to be that way, but just genuine, um, you know, what you offer is really, um, helpful and useful and, uh, something that may or may not either make their life easier, save them money, um, create more business for them. I mean, what, what is it that you provide that would make what they do better, smarter, faster, more efficient, um, more, you know, so that it looks better. I mean, whatever that is, just really dial in and think about that. And then I've had conversations and actually this has been with clients in the past about, you know, your target customer, what that looks like. So we develop user personas here based on, you know, what our customer is. We have user personas for our customer, our clients as well. And 
more often than not, inevitably, someone would be like, we want to grow. We want to expand our client base. We want to do this. And my question is always like, but do you have heavy saturation with your current user? Because that usually is an indicator or your current uh, target or whatever that is. That is usually an indicator that either there's something wrong with the way that you're approaching your current prospective client or customer, or you've maybe just not done enough work there and you're not getting as many customers as you can where you're really best serving them. And so before you expand and try to like, you know, reach more, um, reach a larger client base for whatever reason, I think that, you know, current saturation is so important. So taking a look at that and, you know, are you really fulfilling all of your promises to your current customer? Um, you know, is there something that you need to tweak there? Is there a reason why your target audience is not responding to you? Are they maybe not the right target? Is it maybe something that a case in um, this is always an incredibly difficult conversation, but this is the customer you want, but you're just not getting them and you need to shift that focus a little bit and rethink and re-strategize. What we offer and what we sell is not always what we say it is. Sometimes it's what they say it is and being smart and being willing to listen and having some innate agility allows us to um, transition and evolve and just think about our business a little differently. And sometimes, you know, our sales and our business development requires that. Um, even if it's always worked this way, even if everyone is uncomfortable with change, it is nice to have a little bit of a shakeup. And certainly this pandemic is giving us that shakeup. Now more than ever, there is now more than ever, there is an incredibly high threshold for individuals, people, and their bullshit meter. So we know right away when we're being sold to. We are super smart. Google or search something, we see an ad. I mean, we can read, obviously. We can tell when something is an ad. And so you know, how are we breaking down those barriers so that our business development, our sales efforts, our efforts to attract new clients are very, um, are, hum are human and they're genuine and they're authentic. And for lack of a better term, they're not creepy and pushy. And they, our actions are, you know, manifesting and generating trust and credibility and we're able to demonstrate our value and we're providing solutions and we're sharing useful information and we're genuine in our prospecting. And um, you may not have the largest client base if you're not, you know, throwing like a thousand emails out a day and, you know, they're, they may or you know, touch points are great. We absolutely support the idea that five to seven touch points is what kind of builds, you know, um, the brain's neuromarketing function. It kind of taps into that neuromarketing and says, Hey, I've seen this a lot, you know, and I trust it. And I mean, you know, I, if you're going to ask me to buy something, then the more times that I see you out in the market, the more trust I'm going to have for you. So certainly that is there, but in terms of, you know, individual and one-on-one -on -one client, uh, work, the relationship is everything. And in order for a relationship to thrive, both sides, it should be a win-win. It should be mutually beneficial. And people need to feel like they're working with people and that those people that they're working with care about them. They give a shit about their businesses. Um, they're um, 
you know, obviously committed to moving the needle for whoever they're working for. And that's something that I've experienced in the last almost 20 years with working in a sales and marketing environment is the relationship is everything, not just the networking, not just putting your, you know, going to as many networking events as you can, but contributing and um, building and developing um, more than a pipeline. It is, you know, a community and um, an engaged community and people that will, you will work hard for and they will appreciate it and will potentially reciprocate that if it's something that you require in the future. So I hope that this was a little bit helpful. I mean, I'm really curious, how are you guys experiencing? I mean, I know it's such a crazy time and um, revenues are all over the place. We have, you know, and of course we can dive into this a little bit more in terms of like, you know, competitive set analysis, your, you know, SWOT analysis, like all of those things are just like very technical and no brainers. But at the end of the day, the personal touch that the, you know, how you demonstrate value, how you show up, um, that you prioritize relationship over the things that's how you develop business. And I think you get a lot more than business, you have friends and your client that, your clients that turn into family and you care about them and they care about you. And, um, that to me is a much more wholesome and holistic and well-balanced relationship, uh, that feels mutually beneficial and mutually, mutually rewarding to everyone. So let me know how you're doing. I'm curious, how are your sales efforts out there? especially since, you know, doing sales calls and like one-on-ones. I mean, it's so difficult to get a feel for people. Um, you know, what are your challenges right now? And, and on the flip side, what's really, really, really working for you? Um, I'm, I'm just so curious to hear what you guys have to say. Again, I love that we get to spend this time together. Um, every Monday. It's not a Monday for you, me right now, but it's a Monday when you listen to this. And um, I appreciate the relationship that we've developed and built. And um, thank you so much for your feedback, all your likes, comments, and shares, and listening and um, sending me emails about and the team just like kudos about what you've learned or um, what really resonated with you, what resonated with you, you know, episode by episode, it keeps us going. It keeps us developing content. So, uh, please continue to do that. You can like comment, share on all of our platforms. And I hope you follow us everywhere. We're on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Google, you know, that's a whole nother discussion, Google my business, uh, which we can definitely do a, um, an episode on. So connect with us everywhere if you haven't yet, and you can always send us an email. Hello at francisroy.com. Okay. Talk to y'all next week. Mm-hmm.